0: welcome to reframe your life I'm Joanne Gibson and I'm Sandy Reynolds together we bring you our podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives thoughtfully and with intention
1: on our episodes we explore diverse topics relevant to all areas of our lives
0: hello life reframers we have an episode today that is going to challenge you our guest is B Johnson and in 2008, Bee and her family adopted a zero-waste lifestyle. Their household has since produced a half-liter of trash per year. Bee has a blog and best-selling book, Zero Waste Home, which has been translated into 15 languages. She launched a global movement and continues to inspire a growing community to live simply and take a stance against needless waste. She does shatter misconceptions, though. She's quite stylish, maybe not what you expect for someone who's in the zero-waste life movement. And she also has shown that leading a zero-waste life can lead to significant health benefits and time and money savings. So we're going to get into all of that. She's been a speaker at universities, corporate events, and conferences all over the globe. So let's just jump in. Welcome to uh, Reframe Your Life, B. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and JoAnne, welcome oh, to you too.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on today. You do have a quite an impressive bio beat. So, I just want to start by asking your bio speaks about in 2008. So when you set out to do this, I mean, did you have a big goal to have a zero-waste lifestyle or was it just an incremental change after another that all of a sudden you kind of looked back and thought, oh, I'm, I'm living this life? Like, how did you start this?
2: Well, it just uh, was a gradual change for us. It's not something we expected. It's something that came into our life out of the blue. Uh, what happened was that back in 2006, we were living in a house outside of San Francisco, but it was located on a cul-de-sac and in a, in the suburbs, and we had to get into a car to do just about anything. Mm-hmm. And we missed the life that we had known in the large cities that we had lived in. Uh, we had lived in uh, Paris and Amsterdam and London, where we had biked and walked everywhere. So we wanted to uh, reconnect with that life, and so we decided to move to be closer to a downtown, so we could have everything within walking or biking distance. Uh, so, uh, But before finding the right house, we had to rent an apartment and we put everything in storage. We only moved into the apartment with necessities. And during that year, we found that when you live with less, then you have more time to do what's important to you. All of a sudden, we had more time for family and friends and picnics and hikes. So when we found the house in that downtown that interested us, we got everything out of storage and we realized that 80% of the belongings that we had put in there, we hadn't missed for a whole year. So we let go of them. And then it's thanks to that voluntary simplicity that we found time to educate ourselves on environmental issues. So we read some books and watched some documentaries uh, on these issues and there what we found made us sad my husband and i thinking about the future that we were about or that we were leaving for our children or that we were creating for them so we um, and that's where we found our motivation to change our ways uh, so zero waste was not a goal at first it's just uh, uh, we watched our energy consumption then our water consumption and then i turned towards the waste but the term zero waste back then was only used to describe uh, waste management at a municipal level, or uh, it was also used in the manufacturing world, but it was not used to describe something you do at home. But when I saw that term, the light bulb went off in my head, and I thought, well, that's what we should be doing. I mean, if zero is not the goal, then what is the goal? And uh, so once I had that goal in my head, it really helped me to push further and try to find as many solutions as possible to completely eradicate trash from our lives.
1: Mm. Wow. wow, yeah, that's a great story. And so this is you and your husband and your two children? Children?
2: Yeah, so when we started, my kids were five and six, and now they're, well, 10 years later, uh, yeah. they're 16, and uh, now they're 16 and 17.
1: Yeah, well, what what a great learning, uh, mm-hmm. learning process and opportunity for them. Um, so uh, as this process evolved... Um, You've developed five rules or five R's for the house. Can you just share with our listeners before we go on a little bit more to delve into your story about about those rules?
2: Yeah, so people are already aware of uh, uh, reduce, reuse, recycle. But um, when I applied it in my home, I found very quickly that uh, there was a problem with those three R's. Uh, For one thing, um, people tend to use them out of order. They tend to put too much emphasis on recycling, not enough on reducing or even reusing. And then I really felt that two R's were missing, Um, that it was important to add refuse and to add rot at the end. So refuse is actually first. So my methodology of five R's to uh, eliminate trash at home is to refuse the things that you do not need, to reduce the things that you do actually need, then to reuse by swapping anything that's disposable for a reusable alternative, and by secondhand if you need to buy something. Um, then it's to uh, recycle only what you cannot refuse, reduce, or reuse, and finally it's rot, which is composting the rest. Wow, mm. you know zero waste is really growing over there in Canada. It's uh, it's actually growing the fastest in Quebec.
1: Um, yes. I don't
2: know if it's because my book actually came out in French over there and it really resonated in a lot of people and the in Quebec, like bulk or unpackaged stores are popping up all over the place and yes. I found that either the book or some speeches that I've given over there have inspired the opening of eight unpackaged stores in Montreal alone. I mean, it's crazy. It's really growing exponentially. It's one of the hotspots of zero waste in the world, actually. That's
0: so great to hear. And we'll actually put it in the notes that you're going to be in Toronto as well, because uh, we have a lot of our listeners are in Canada or even in the GTA. So they may be able to get to hear you when you're here. Yeah, so
2: it's. It's actually part of, uh, I'm doing a Canadian tour in uh, Quebec one week of uh, uh, waste reduction. But uh, but I'm expen- I'm not just staying in Quebec, I'm doing speeches all over. And so that's the week of uh, the 24th of October.
0: So oh, I'm looking we'll forward to, look to, to it. So
2: I'm uh, yeah. some dates in uh, uh, New Brunswick, in uh, Montreal, um, uh, Amos, uh, Toronto, and then I'm going to uh, Victoria Island. Uh, oh, where nice. I've never actually been there, so I'm looking forward to it, and I'm going to do yes. some, some sightseeing while I'm at it.
1: That's great. <laughs> it's, it's it's beautiful. Um, before we move on from your ask, can I just ask you how the refuse plays out in reality, like your everyday lives with each with <laughs> family? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy to talk about refusing, because to me, it's uh, one huge uh, secret to the success of our zero-waste lifestyle, right. um, because it's you know, the five R's are to be adopted in order. Uh, The more you refuse, the less you have to reduce, the more you reduce, the less you have to reuse, etc. So refusing is the first step to a zero-waste lifestyle. And refusing means learning how to say no. It's as simple as that. Uh, Today in this consumerist society, we're the targets of many, many promotional goods. But every time we accept them we're creating a demand to make more so every time we accept a free plastic bag junk mail uh, freebies, party favors, uh, uh business cards, or even a, a meal on the plane. We're creating a demand to make more of these things. And then, uh, when, uh, and then once we accept them and bring them into our home, they add to the clutter and then they add to our trash. So if you say no on the spot, if you learn to say no, then it really simplifies the whole thing. And, uh, you'll be amazed how much stuff you can stop from coming into your home and how quickly your trash will reduce. So Mm-hmm. Um, we've, uh, we've adopted some simple sentences to say no, you know, because in this society sometimes it feels rude to say no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we simply say, no, thank you, um, I don't need it, or no, thank you, I'm a minimalist, or no, thank you, I've simplified my life. And people actually um, respect that choice, and they respect uh, your, your decision, and they, they will not force, you know, a freebie on you if you simply say those things.
0: That's great. Yeah. So you mentioned your your boys are now in their teens, so you probably have a little less say over maybe some of the choices that they make. Have they really internalized your zero waste lifestyle at this stage? And you know, or do you see any differences with them at this stage of life?
2: Yeah, so you know, my kids have now lived longer without waste than they have with waste. So mm-hmm. what we do is completely normal, it's completely automatic. Um, of course, I can't predict the future and tell for sure if uh, once they're grown up and independent and leave the house, if they are going to stick to a zero waste lifestyle. I expect them to rebel against it, just like any, uh, <laughs> just like any teenager or any independent person does. There is a point in your life where you have to test things for yourself,
1: mm-hmm. see if
2: your parents were right or not but I really believe that eventually you go back to your roots. And what makes me feel comfortable is that as a mother, I am giving them the tools to do so. And so my, uh, when my, the youngest one was 13, um, a lot of interviewers were asking me if my kids are going to live this lifestyle when they grow up. So I asked Leo, do you think you're going to do zero waste when you, when you grow up? And he said, I don't know, Um, but one thing is, sure, I won't buy paper towels, because what a waste of money that is, (laughs) so as you can see, they already have that understanding, but also uh, this week, Max was filling out, uh, he's filling out a college app, and one of the questions was, um, have you had any hardships, and he's really, like, trying to think of something, and I'm trying to place the zero-waste lifestyle somewhere in his application, I said, you know, maybe this could be something positive. And by the way, signing up for some uh, colleges in Canada. So, oh.
0: uh, anyways, we really hope <laughs> that
2: uh, we cross <laughs> this will happen. Uh, it's, uh, it's a dream of mine. But anyways, um, um, so he, I, I, tra- I told him, well, maybe you can mention the 0 lifestyle. And his reply was, the 0 lifestyle is not a hardship. That doesn't make oh. any sense. <laughs> so, you know, just to show you that to them, it's completely normal and automatic. It's... Uh, you know, it's the parents that create complicated needs. Yes. The parents are the consumers. Uh, the the kids have very simple needs. As long as those simple needs are met, they're happy. As long as they can bring friends home and share a cookie or a glass of milk or fresh squeezed juice, you know, they don't care. As long as those needs are met, they are just happy. Um, and uh, yeah, so for them, it's been completely
0: easy. <laughs> Yeah, that's you know, great.
2: Zero waste actually, zero waste is more what you do outside the house than what you do inside the house. It's the person that consumes for the household that has the choice to one either not consume or two consume differently by buying food in bulk that is unpackaged or by uh, buying things secondhand or the, the necessities uh, secondhand. And, uh, but that's really the parents that you know that have the power to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i like how you explain that it's kind of it's making those decisions and being ten- intentional outside of the house yeah so that it doesn't even it doesn't even come in i'm a bit like that with chocolate you know if i can make those decisions <laughs> <laughs> outside of the house and don't bring it into the house it's easy That's great. <laughs> it starts somewhere if you can start
2: with chocolate that's a great step
0: <laughs> <laughs> so funny B, I came across your book about four years ago. I was looking at reducing single-use plastic in my life, so that was kind of my starting point. And I went to the library and I was looking at some books, and I found your book, and it was really inspiring for me. And I, I remember like the cover and going through it and reading all of your, your adventures. And one thing that I have found difficult in my journey of, of reducing and refusing is um, to maintain my commitment to it over time because you know to go to bulk barn I have to think about bringing my jars ahead of time and you know it often it's a convenience to just run in and get something without planning, So I was wondering if you have any advice for people on how to really maintain a commitment to a zero waste lifestyle because I think a lot of people listening to our episode are going to want to make some changes and you know as we know when people are making changes it's easy to get started but to maintain over time can be a challenge.
2: Well, the way to maintain it is to simply realize the advantages of this lifestyle. So, uh, in my case, I have, uh, you know, we have realized that the zero-waste lifestyle is saving us 40% on our overall budget. Mm -hmm. These 40% have allowed us to... Um, to pay some amazing activities, amazing souvenir, I mean, not a souvenir, amazing moments as a family. And that to us is what makes life richer. And I know that if I went to a, um, you know, a regular store and started shopping the way I used to shop, then I would start losing that I would start losing that quality of life. And uh, and that's what you know the the, the advantages of the zero waste lifestyle is really what keeps us in line. Um, and yes, there is a hump to get over, to uh, to fully realize those advantages. At first, the challenge is to find a system that works for you, um, yes. to figure out what your staples are and uh, stick with them and know where to get them. Uh, you're very lucky to have bulk in Canada. It's uh, they're all over, and now since February, uh, thanks to uh, actually an Instagram post that I uh, I uh, I put um, or I posted on social media, they are now uh, accepting reusable containers. So this is a great great news for uh, Canadians because mm-hmm. uh, up until February they were not accepting uh, mm-hmm. reusable containers, and it was driving the zero waste community over there crazy. Um, You also, in Ottawa, actually, the new grocery also just opened. It's uh, it's, uh, it's a step beyond Borgborn because they only do unpackaged. Uh, So it's, uh, if you may say, um, uh, Ottawa's or maybe even Ontario's first unpackaged store. Um, But anyway, so uh, in my case, I just don't even... um, with this lifestyle, I've acquired a selective vision. When I enter a store, I no longer see packaged things, so they don't even tempt me because I don't see them. I only see what's unpackaged. I only mm. see the uh, bread aisle, the uh, uh, you know, the, it's, it's it's basically the perimeter of the store. It's where you have the uh, the, uh, baked goods that are sold in bulk, uh, the meat, fish, deli, cheese counters. And then it's the, uh, uh, the, the, bulk aisle of my health food store. And then the produce, all of this is unpackaged. Um, and you know, the, the, we realize, uh, that not only we've been able to save money by buying in bulk, because when you buy something that is packaged, 15% of the price covers the cost of the packaging. So when you buy in bulk, you make an automatic 15% savings. But um, but the advantages are also that we've discovered a healthier lifestyle. We're way healthier than we were before. We're way less sick. And so I know that if I, if, I let go, if I started buying what I used to buy, I would get away from that health. I would get away oh. from the financial savings and even better, the time savings.
0: Hmm. A lot
2: of people tend to think that this lifestyle takes more time, but it's not the case. It will take time at first when you're trying to set it up because you've done things your whole life a certain way and you're used to that system and you think that it's probably the most efficient way of doing things. But as soon as you adopt a zero waste lifestyle, then you realize that the way you used to do things was completely inefficient. It was a waste of time and money. Just uh-huh. take, for example, uh, or let's take the example of paper towels. You know, going to the store to buy those things, uh, filling a, I mean, they take up a lot of room. So then you have to fill a cart with that. And then you have to put it in your trunk. Then you have to carry it to your house. In our case, it's 36 steps to our house then we would have to store it and then we'd have to separate the materials once we've used it. It's the plastic from the paper, from the cardboard. Then we'd have to fill a trash liner, which we would have also purchased from the store to then take down to the curb for the trash uh, company, which would be paying to take it away and then go back to the store to buy more. And so to me, this is like totally crazy. This is one example uh, amongst you know hundreds in our home of products that we've completely eliminated and I am there is no way I'm gonna adopt them again because I understand mm. that it's a waste of time and money.
1: I, I, t- I totally understand those elements and I think that's great. So do you buy wine, for example?
2: Wine Yes yeah. so yeah. we they, so we have a, um, I've created a bulk finder. It's an app. uh, It's a tab that you can access on my blog, zerowasteform.com, that allows you to find all the bulk locations throughout the world. So it's actually Ah. uh, an app that's been populated by the zero waste community globally. So people that find bulk locations enter it in the app, and that includes wine. So uh, where Mm. I live, I live in California, and where I live, we can buy it in a uh, there is a winery where we can buy it. Otherwise, right. there is another okay. place where they sell um, uh, uh, over uh, overstock wine uh, in bulk. And they do that during a bottling event uh, a couple of times a month. But this is one of the things that I had no idea existed until I started uh, my journey on the Zero Waste Lifestyle. Once I started looking for solutions, I just found them.
0: Oh, I love mm. that. And I love yeah. that you've created this app because that's part of the challenge is how do we find those things or I wouldn't even have thought you could do something like that with wine so yeah and I, I have to mention also that when people see my
2: pantry and they see everything in bulk uh, you know in glass jars and in cloth bags they I know that they are reflecting on their pantry thinking oh my god I'm, I mean how am I going to find my Cheerios in bulk how am I going to find my Oreos and this and that and uh, but and that, I think, was also the mistake I made when I started was to try to replace all the products, yes. that I w- all the brands that I was used to buying and trying to find them in bulk. Uh, so uh, I went all over the San Francisco Bay Area trying to find Oreos in bulk. Of course, I never <laughs> found them and I was never going to find them. I uh, what we did instead was to learn what's available to us. And then we embrace those things. We embrace those products. And we let go of the other ones that were anyways uh, uh, over-processed and overpackaged and not good for us. So with this lifestyle, that's how you, um, you learn to use whole foods and you acquire a much healthier lifestyle and diet.
1: Um, I, I love how you said it. it's, it's a real mindset shift. And going back to Sandy's question... I I used to live in England for a bit and I remember the first time going to a supermarket in Germany and they didn't give you plastic bags when you, and this was two thousand and one, two. And lucky we had backpacks because we were like, oh God, what are we going to do with all this stuff? (laughs) So we threw them in our backpacks and that was my kind of first introduction to don't assume you're going to get a plastic bag at the supermarket. But now I think, okay, so I have a, a whole bag full of, bags in my car which which takes the thought out of if I go out and run an errand now am I going to go to the supermarket I just have all those bags Mm -hmm. in the car so in back to Sandy's question do you have all your glass jars just always in your like do you I saw your video you kind of bring your food in you unload it and package it into your containers do you then keep all that stuff back in your car your cloth bags your glass jars just so that if you, I don't know, went to a meeting and then on the way you thought, oh, I'll just drop into the shops.
2: Yeah, thanks I for guess. these uh, I love your questions because they're very <laughs> practical and that's yeah, what I'm sorry, here I'm for. Not, no, I, I actually love it. that because I, I don't like to talk about, you know, the, the high levels. i much rather go straight into the practical things, you know, <laughs> on how we were able to do this. So uh, so we have, have three totes. They're actually, uh, they they are <laughs> They're laundry hampers that we bought uh, in France. They're very strong. We've had them for about 10 years. They have uh, metal handles and yes. we've been able to repair them, which is great. Um, so we have three of those and we know that it can carry uh, a week's worth of groceries for our family of four. So we don't need more. There is no reason to have hundreds and hundreds of bags. Figure out how much you need for, for uh, a week's worth of groceries for your family. Uh, you can let go of the others. Please make them available on uh, the second-hand market so others <laughs> can have access to them. And uh, so we have three. We have two that always are in the car and we'll have extra cloth bags that are cleaned. We have uh, then another uh, one that is stays next to the kitchen. It's actually in our laundry room that's adjacent to the kitchen. And that one will collect all the, uh, the the glass jars that we're cleaning uh, throughout the week or the cloth bags that we're emptying or cleaning throughout the week. Mm. So when we, as soon as we get home from grocery shopping, two of the totes go down in the car automatically. If we have uh, leftover uh, cloth bags, you know, bulk bags that we didn't use, they stay in those and they go down to the car, but we do have one tote that just gets filled with reusables throughout the week. And so, and it's also right next to our grocery list. So when we go grocery shopping, it's automatic. We just take that tote and the grocery list and then go grocery shopping.
1: Mm. so the key there so it's all these little ping-pings are going off in my mind mm-hmm. um, are, you, you know, are they for you sent? like grocery yes. list I mean gosh I don't shop now, in a grocery list anymore but I, that would certainly well, help a you a grocery
2: list is extremely important yeah. uh, also for zero waste because what happens when if you go without a grocery list you're typically you'll be looking at those <laughs> over items and you'll be if, especially if you go with an empty stomach you'll come home with things that uh, that basically impulse buys and things that you didn't need, uh, either for your health or for in your pantry. And typically, uh, when you don't go with the grocery list, you end up buying things that you already have in your pantry. And, and then people find themselves with duplicates and then those duplicates expire and then you have to throw them out. This is something that does not happen in our house. Uh, we wow. have been able to completely eradicate food waste because we've also, you know, we have a system to not, uh, not waste any food. But, um, so a grocery list is actually uh, quite important and the whole family participate in it. Uh, we use um, uh, school papers uh, that have been printed only on one side. We cut uh, those uh, 8 by 11 sheets in three. And then it's clipped with a uh, uh, you know one of those metal clips, and it's mm-hmm. hung in the laundry room. So everyone, as soon as a jar empties, then
0: uh, we'll write it down. Wow, oh, I love it. Yeah, so really good tips. I'm jumping in with one more practical thing because I <laughs> let's, enjo- do,
2: let's do more than one. <laughs> okay,
0: so Joanne, our values are showing now. So Joanne wants yes. to know about wine. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know about <laughs> mascara.
1: <laughs> mascara i know Yeah, make your own mascara
2: oh really yeah so yeah so uh i used to buy mascara from the store and it's actually one of the uh last things that i figured out i really wanted to figure out a recipe when i was writing the book because it was one of those items i was still buying and i was not happy with the packaging because even if you buy Uh, You know, an organic brand, it comes in packaging and then you contact them and you say, you know, how can I dispose of this? And they don't know. They're like, well, you actually have to throw it out like uh, you have it goes to landfill. And I thought this doesn't make any sense. I mean, they they have, you know, they've paid attention to the ingredients, but not the packaging. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then I decided to uh, make my own mascara. And so that's the recipe actually I'm most proud of in my book. It's made from, uh, uh from uh, burnt almonds. Um, it's also the black that I have on my eyes is, uh, uh is a coal powder, which I make from burnt almonds and, uh. It's kind of the way that the, the the Egyptians used to make it. But what I've noticed, though, is that I no longer have pink eye or conjunctivitis. When I used to buy mascara from the store, I used to have conjunctivitis twice a year. And ever since I started making my own mascara, they've totally gone away.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. I don't remember seeing that recipe. And I, I mean, I make my own detergent and I've learned to make a lot of things, but I have not really tackled makeup yet so uh, that's my well, actually, t- my takeaway and also
2: <laughs> let me jump in because you say you know you've learned to make a lot of things i want to point out that i don't make a lot of things and i think it's a huge miss there is a huge misconception um mm-hmm. that uh, the zero is in order to live a zero lifestyle you have to make a lot of things uh, from scratch, basically Mm you home make things. Uh, but that's a really a huge misconception. There is a ton of things that people think that I make, but I do not make them. Um, I will not make something that I can find in bulk. So for example, laundry detergent is one of those things that I have found in bulk. So I do not make it. Um, I don't make uh, a toothpaste. I use baking soda that I sprinkle on a, a wooden toothbrush. Uh, I don't make my own deodorant. I use uh, an alumstone. I don't make my own cleaners. I mean, actually, I don't call it making because it's just as simple as mixing white vinegar and water and we clean the whole house with that. So to me, right. that's not really making, but I see that there is a lot of the blogs that have emerged from mine are kind of creating this uh, uh, this false sense that in order right. to leave zero waste, you have to make a lot of things. And it's scaring the crap out of the people that uh, <laughs> that uh, work full-time. You know, moms that work full-time are like, I don't have time to do this, so the zero waste is not for me. Uh, the zero waste lifestyle is not for me. But yes, it is. Um, you simply have to, um, there are some things indeed that, you know, you should try to find in bulk. So if you find laundry detergent in bulk, then don't make it. You know, it's much easier to uh, to buy it in bulk than actually spend time making it. Um, the few things that I make are my cosmetics. So, but again, here I have evaluated what my sh- my essentials are. Um, mm. So I uh, I make yeah I do make my own mascara, uh, my core powder, and I make a multi-purpose bomb which I use from head to toe. So it's kind of uh, to uh, smooth out my hair, add shine to my nails or my uh, cheeks, but it's just beeswax and uh, and uh, vegetable oil. And I only make those things once a year, so it doesn't take much time. I've um, you know I've come up with recipes that are extremely simple and only made from uh, less than a handful of ingredients.
1: That's great. wow! Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're going to come up with some more practical questions. Any type of behavior change does take time, and Sandy and I both work in leadership development. And it takes time, it takes intention. I'm wondering, did you notice any of your relationships change over time, the people you hang out with, the conversations you have? Yeah, so um,
2: we, I think with this lifestyle, we become so efficient that we just don't enjoy no nonsense. And including... <laughs> Uh, No-nonsense uh, relationships, the ones that didn't bring anything to our lives. So the, um, you know, the, the, the people that have a life based on material things that care too much about the rat race, or that are caught basically in the rat race, um, the, the relationships with these people have kind of gone away. We've let them fade away. We didn't um, take care of them anymore, and we just kind of let them go away. But the relationships with the people that share the same values, share uh, the values of a simple lifestyle and a life based on experiences instead of things, which is what the zero waste lifestyle is all about, uh, those relationships get stronger. So my uh, core group of friends uh, is very strong and um, there is like 10 families that I am very good friends with. And those are the relationships that I really cherish and uh, and take care of. So, I'm not about again like it's all about going down to essentials. Um, I uh, I rather have uh, very few strong friendships than have uh-huh. lots of them that don't matter.
1: Mm. Uh-huh. I I love that. Yeah,
2: so when you declutter your home, you also end up, you know, decluttering uh, your life and your friendships or your relationships, your acquaintances. And it's important to surround yourself with positive energy, people that actually bring good to your life, people that make you, um, that, yeah, bring positivity in your life and uh, make you feel good.
1: What do you say to people who say, well, what you're doing might be making a a physical and emotional and a mental difference to you and your family but it's not really having an impact on the environment
2: okay well check this out when we started in uh, 2000 um so we started our whole journey in 2006 2008 is really when we started uh, tackling zero waste and in 2009 that's when i launched a blog in 2010 um the New York Times wrote an article about us. And that was the first uh, media exposure that we got. And my husband had warned me uh, when I told him I wanted to write a blog. He said, you know, you're just going to get hammered with criticism. And I said, mm. well, I don't care. I think it's important to share what we do with other people. Other people might be interested in, in, in reducing their trash. So. I, uh, so I started the blog and then it got covered in the New York times, but the New York times did not put pictures of us. So they, um, the criticism was nasty. People did oh. not know what a zero waste lifestyle meant. They didn't even know what zero waste meant. And so we get pounded with criticisms such as, uh, uh, oh, these people are like hippies living in the woods. I'm sure she doesn't shave her legs. Uh, it's disgusting what they're doing to their children. It's depriving them. With my husband, we looked at those comments and we started laughing like, oh my gosh, this is the complete opposite of what we actually are. So um, so then we decided to shut off those criticisms. And uh, people, because also people said, well, what you're doing doesn't matter. It's just, uh, you know, it won't change anything. And even my, my husband who was working uh, with uh, large corporations to um, uh, implement sustainability in their practices was kind of, uh, we had a little competition at home where he said that his work was more important than what I was doing, spreading the zero waste lifestyle, because he said, you know, what we're doing at home really won't have much an impact. What I'm doing is more important, working with large corporations. And I said, well, I don't agree. I, uh, I think that the consumer leads the manufacturing world. The consumer is the one that wo- votes for politicians. The consumer is the one that also votes every time he buys something. If the consumer buys differently, then he can vote for a more sustainable or unpackaged world for uh, the future generations. And I'm glad I didn't also listen to my husband because maybe, who knows, <laughs> or if I had listened to the critics we would not have been able to launch this global movement. It's truly become a global movement. So not only have uh, thousands and thousands of people been inspired by our lifestyle, some of them have, as I mentioned earlier, decided to open unpackaged stores um, uh, and, uh, and even take their practices uh, further. Like uh, there is this store in Germany where they, um, you know, it was inspired by the book. So they wanted to open an unpackaged store, but they were no, bulk dispensers out of, made out of uh, material other than plastic then. So he created his whole design made out of glass and wood and metal. So that takes it even further. Wow. And mm-hmm. there are organizations that have emerged out of this. Um, you know, look at bulk, bulk you know, just uh, from looking how we were doing things and, uh, that's inspired them to, um, to put in their uh, or to start accepting reusable containers. So. Oh, the yeah. not what you do does not matter it does and uh, that's how you know we're shaping the future <laughs> yeah,
0: i so exactly. agree i was just um it's peach season here where we live and i was just in the grocery store and they had packaged peaches in plastic containers you know how they do strawberries in those clear plastic containers oh yeah yeah and i've never seen that before this year usually they're in like a, a kind of cardboard basket and um, and I was, yeah, I'm going to speak up and complain at the grocery store because I won't buy them. And I think people need to speak up as well. Like you're saying, exactly. consumers have power it's, and we need to use it.
2: It's, uh, it's something that I also mentioned in my uh, speeches. It's extremely important to let your voice be heard. If you don't say anything, nothing will change. Uh, only you speaking up might actually have, uh, you know, uh, might make businesses think uh, differently, and you might actually see change coming out of that. Uh, for example, in uh, in 2010, we were putting, or um, well, every six months we receive a, uh, or back then we were receiving a laminated card from our insurance company. Oh. And we subscribe to the largest insurance company in the U.S. So it's probably one of the largest in, well, not the world, but I, I know it's uh, really big in the U.S. Um, but uh, anyways, I got tired of putting the same piece of trash in my in my uh, jar of trash every six months. So I contacted them and I said, you know, it's kind of a shame for you. I'm, a, I'm in the media all over the world with my jar of trash and your car is sitting right in the front not a good advertisement is it how about you switch to a cardboard card and so now they've switched to a cardboard card oh, so just like up. you know just mentioning it and throwing that idea out there they, they realize yeah maybe they maybe she's right we don't need to laminate it and there is a huge financial incentive in it by not laminating their house yes. they're saving a huge amount of money
1: yes yes i have the same with my real estate agent who sends me a flyer every change of every season and i asked him to consider an email um, <laughs> an email flyer rather than posting and it's a huge saving for him because exactly he have to post it It's important to uh, bring out
2: the positive. So I give sample letters in my book on, uh, uh, I give, I think, three sample uh, letters on how to write your letter to inspire change in a business. It's Ah. good to praise them about what you do like about the company, what they're doing right, and then propose an alternative You can even show that another company is doing it right, Um, even post some pictures. And uh, by doing that, you'll inspire them to do the same. And and definitely, because it's a business, definitely uh, focus on the financial aspects of it.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love that. I have a few more. I know we haven't got long, but i just wondering, so reflecting on the last nine, ten years, what – can you pinpoint what your biggest obstacle has been in the in the journey or are they, they just too many that you've actually shattered and overcome? Because <laughs> you overcame them. You look for solutions and you found them. So I'm sure there were many at the beginning, like trying to find Oreos or whatever it was that you were trying yeah, to find. So,
2: yeah, our biggest challenge was to find a system that worked for us. So uh, right. I think you know, again, because there were no guide on how to live a 0 waste lifestyle, yes. we had to test a lot of extremes. Um, I tried moss instead of toilet paper. I tried uh, stinging nettle instead of uh, a lip plumper that I used to have. Um, I <laughs> tried uh, not washing my hair for six months. I tried lots of different things. And then eventually I realized, okay, here I've gone too far. Here this is not go- I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. So eventually we adopted, uh, you know, really alternatives that we can see ourselves doing for the long run. Zero waste was never for us a short-term project. Mm. It's always been a lifestyle. So you have to adopt things that are alternatives that you can see yourself for the long run. So in testing all these extremes, that's also when I, at one point I was doing way too much homemaking. I was making my own cheese, my own butter, my own soy milk, my own bread. And then I realized, okay, what's the point of making my own bread? I can just bring a cloth bag to the bakery. They make <laughs> bread way better than I do. Uh, instead of making my own cheese, I can bring a glass jar to the cheese counter. They can make cheese much better, than, <laughs> the, much better than I do. And they have a much better selection. So little by little, we let go of right. all the extremes and we found that system that we could stick to for the long run. That's, uh, that's, uh, that probably was the hardest thing. Um, but, uh, but once you find that system, that it becomes completely automatic and normal and it's been completely automatic and normal and part of our routine. Um, we've been using the same routine since
1: 2010. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I, love, I love your advice there. It needs to be something that can be, I'll use that word, sustainable lifestyle change. I mean, it, it, I just think about the whole bags in the car thing and actually you've made me realize I have like, Thirty bags in my car. I, I, there's two of us who live in the house. We we hardly <laughs> we shop at the farmers market for a start. We hardly ever go to the supermarket. I don't need thirty bags in the car. Um, but, yeah, uh, and, uh,
2: and even just uh, let's talk about uh, uh, cleaning products. Let me tell yeah. you, you can let them all go, and don't feel bad about putting them on the. Uh, um, oh shoot, I don't. I I can't remember what the equivalent is in Canada of craigslist or you know oh, one yes, yes. Oh, yeah, kajiji
0: okay oh, Kijiji. Yeah. yeah so yeah.
2: post it for free on craigslist and i can tell you within 15 minutes someone will pick them up so don't feel bad about letting them go you can replace all these products with just white vinegar and water that you have in a spray bottle you can clean the whole house with that and for scrap jobs you can just use baking soda uh yeah. so then you don't have to figure out what to you know what kind of products can i use on my windows or on my floors or on this on that just use these two products and your life will be simplified instantly. Yeah. And you have cabinet space under the sink.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's so true. I
1: love that. We went to um to see uh, Courtney Carver this week. She's Be More with Less around clothing. Yes. yes. Yeah, and so I know uh, I'm looking at two garbage bags full of clothes and I'm going to donate to the <laughs>
2: Fabulous! I mean, that's uh, that's what's great. You have more uh, more space to actually see the clothes that you wear We're or you want to wear, <laughs> and then you make those items available to your community. You you boost the secondhand market, which is extremely important for oh, the future of the OS.
1: Exactly. We have a we have a group here who's always looking for business clothes for. Um, women to apply for jobs in and stuff. Oh, yes.
2: So, yeah, oh, you know, and like, it's, yeah, It's important to point out that in a typical closet, people only use 20% of their clothes. They only <laughs> keep the other 80% for the what if. It's what if I have a job interview, what if I have a wedding to go to, what if, what if, what if, what if, and then you end up with a closet filled with things that you don't wear. In our case, we figured out what our 20% wear and we've let go of the other 80%. So, mm. I have 15 pieces and uh, my 15 pieces don't mean that I have less to wear or less options because I have found that I can um, I can wear those 15 pieces 50 different ways. I have uh, did a little experiment on my blog. And having less means that uh, because all my 15 pieces fit in a carry-on when I travel, I no longer have to ask myself what should I bring because I can bring
1: it all.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. great. I love it. <laughs> I
1: love that. Hey, can I ask What I know Sandy has to go in, in five minutes, but I just have one more practical I question. I have one okay, more Sandy? too,
0: yes, oh, okay. and then we'll so, go. <laughs>
1: um, it might be the same practical question. Um, so thinking about celebrations, birthdays, I don't know if you practice Christmas, but any gift celebrations that have traditionally been around gift giving and way too much paper and plastic that has to be recycled.
2: Yeah, one easy answer to that, to that is to give the gift of experiences instead of Love things. It. So we do Love celebrate it. Christmas, but instead of giving stuff that's going to break and then become trash, and that's, you know, we don't need it anyways, um, then we give the uh, gift of experience. So uh, this uh, Christmas, uh, I give the gift of uh, uh, an advanced paddy certification to my older son. For my younger one, I gave him a. uh, It was a little crazy, but it's an acrobatic, acrobatic flight lesson.
1: (laughs) Uh Nice gift of experience. I love that. Thank you.
0: Yes, you're welcome. Great. Okay, so my question, just to before we wrap things up, is what is so. We have a lot of people listening, and some of them may have not may thought of a zero waste life at all. So, where would you suggest um, people start? Like, what's the first change that you think everyone could make that would have some impact in their lives right away? So, the first thing
2: you can do is to think about the five R's. So, uh, and that the first rule is to refuse what you do not need. So, really, the first thing you can do is think twice about accepting anything that's handed out to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, whether it is uh, walking down the street where you're given a flyer or uh, you go to a conference and they want to give you a swag bag or you go to a a party and they want to give you party favors or opening your mailbox and you see a ton of junk mail. Every time you accept these things, uh, you're just going to add them to your home. It's going to clutter your space and add to your trash. So just think twice about what you bring, what you accept and what you bring into your home. Once you uh, once you really pay attention to this, it will make a huge difference.
1: Mm. Great. Mm. Yeah, love that. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you today, Bea. And we'll, we'll check out when you're in Toronto too. Perhaps we might. If it works with our schedules, we might come along,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Great, I'd be
2: happy to meet you uh, in person. Yes, (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) and we'll make sure to put everything about how people can follow you and get your book and um, find your schedule and get inspired on your website and blog. So thank you so much for being with us today. Great, well, thank you for
2: this interview. It was really a pleasure.
1: Hi, life reframers! Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.